3: Hello, everybody. Welcome back into your latest episode of Locked On Suns, Pride, Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Sidre. I'm joined by co host Burning Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at East You can follow Burn on Twitter at Burning Clean14. You can so far at Locked On Suns' Twitter page. You have not already at Locked On PHX Suns. Your support of theirs are very much appreciated, as always. And we're joining us guys today for our Wednesday episode to talk more about the Suns and about their playoff possibilities because right now the Suns are about. Two games out of the playoffs between Memphis, San Antonio, Portland, all these teams all stacked up in this little tier together. In New Orleans, you can't rule out either because Zion Williamson's returning this week. But let's start off here, Brandis, before we dive into today's show talking more about how they stack against some certain teams. What's your overall thought process on the Suns team now? I know we've been saying it the last couple of weeks, but I think you're in the camp still. Are you still in the camp of them still kind of being a pretender as far as a playoff race contender, so to
4: say? Yeah, I would I would say I have them below uh, the, the couple teams we're going to talk about today, um, and the Thunder, who I almost think we can kind of maybe exclude from our, our talks at this point because they have risen far above 500. They're actually closer to the sixth seed than the eighth seed at this point, but I think the Suns are you know above the bottom, but not quite at the level of the eight, eighth seed. Likely candidates at this point, um, you know, and I don't think that that's really a bad thing, as we've talked about. Um, I think that they're playing a lot better lately. DeAndre Ayton playing well, De- Devin Booker playing well at the same time. That that stuff is all way more uh, optimistic than than the playoff race here. But you know, you can't root anybody out at this point because everybody's still clustered. Uh, right around each other at the the bottom of the west
3: yeah the west right now according to the reverse stayings right now memphis has the eighth seed at 20 and 23 then san antonio at 19 and 23 portland at 19 and 26 phoenix 18 and 25 new orleans 17 and 27 and sacramento minnesota rounding it out here as far as maybe teams that are in the race at 15 and 28 respectively so Let's dive in, Brendan, to our first conversation we wanted to have here as far as comparing the Suns to other teams in the West. And we'll start with a team up at the top that I just mentioned there. And currently in that 8 seed, which is the Memphis Grizzlies, who are 20 and 23, John Moran, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, that Young Core has really overachieved so far. How do they stack up against this Suns team if we're looking ahead towards April, if they want to be in the playoff race?
4: Yeah, and just to clarify, the way that I thought about this was more, um, I, I think that's what you're saying too, but for the listeners, not so much like who wins a game, like which team would be best in two out of three, but who's best set up to make the playoffs, like which team is going to continue to play at this level and sustain it and and end up being most likely to to take the, the eighth seed here. And Memphis is a tricky one. And I think I would say, do you think like talent alone that the Suns are Better, like just have more talent than the Grizzlies. What do you? Where do you fall? Just with like player to player,
3: player to player. I think it's. I give the Suns a slight lean here, just because I think DeAndre End really turned a corner, and Devin Booker I think is far superior than John Moran or Jaron Jackson or anything else in the Grizzlies right now. And their so vets give are the, better.
4: I think the Suns too.
3: Yeah, definitely. Brief there. Rubio is a huge difference maker in that category. But I mean, with Memphis doing what they're doing now, Brent. I mean, you're they already have twenty wins this year. John Morant looks the part. Jaren Jackson looks like, he's, looks like he's taking the leap, and Brandon Clark's a huge glue guy, role player. If you add in those veterans, like the Suns did this offseason, the Grizzlies could be in even a better position next year. So I think it could be close as we go as time goes on.
4: Yeah, as time goes on, it'll be super fascinating. I know um, at a lot of Suns fan kind of just scoffed at the idea that Memphis was even comparable. I think that you should pay a little closer attention to what these guys are doing because it's not so much necessarily the guys at the top although I think John Morant's already a a, a star in this league and you know will be probably comparable to Devin Booker when they're both in their primes here but uh, Memphis is to me is it's their depth of young talent that makes me think that you know they are a little bit of a wild card here just like they've been already because you can account for the growth that can happen in season for some of these guys just like we've seen for DeAndre Ayton here in Phoenix you know if D'Anthony Melton takes it up to another level. If Brandon Clark finally sort of finds a rhythm after dealing with injuries this season and they can play Clark and Jackson together and, and trust those lineups. If John Morant, you know, just stays healthy and and does his thing for the whole year and and keeps it up and doesn't really hit the slump that a lot of rookies hit, then, you know, the sky is the limit when it's a young team, you know, they, there's really no accounting for it, but I do think a few things are, making me believe that the team that is fifth in net rating over the past two weeks which is what memphis is does have some some space to fall to the back down to earth a little bit they're they've played seven more home games than away games so far this year uh, which is obviously means that they're gonna balance that out and be very road heavy to close the year That's going to challenge any team, but especially a young team like we've acknowledged the Grizzlies are. And one thing we've hit a lot already when we've done these playoff check-ins is Memphis is way below what you would expect in terms of point differential. And that's just points per game. That's not net rating. Um, And the Suns and Spurs are, are far ahead of them the Suns actually being the top in the pack of those three in terms of point differential per night. So Memphis has gotten a little lucky, I think, in close games and things like that, and they've had the benefit of playing at home a lot. So their young guys could get a lot better, but the schedule won't be doing them any favors.
3: Yeah, just so a real quick head-to-head advance comparison here for the teams. Offensive rating, the Suns ranked 12th at 110.2. Memphis at 16th at 109.5. Then defensive rating-wise, Suns at 19th overall at 110.6 and the Grizzlies at 22nd at 111.7. So, as far as just advanced metrics go, brand through over the entire course of the season, these teams are honestly pretty close on both sides of the ball.
4: Yeah, and and both similar in that they, you know, I guess which makes sense, they're both very young, but both teams want to outscore you. And I watched the Memphis and New Orleans game from yesterday and it, to be honest like i'm not ready to to necessarily count new orleans out maybe we'll have to revisit their comparison with the suns when when zion's back after tomorrow uh today when people hear this but memphis plays a really strange style that i know you know is is very analytically inclined but it leads to a lot of chaotic and and random plays where you know, the ball is just whipping around on offense to beat to me. I think they do overpass too much. They've acknowledged that in, in the media, I think, at times, too. And defensively, they're switching everything, but they don't really have any incredible switch defenders. So they're playing, I think, a smart style, but I don't know if their personnel is is necessarily best for it yet. And they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants at times. So, you know, that. what does that mean? Does that mean that you go on the road and it gets a little bit harder and, and, you know, you get it's not as easy to find that rhythm and you're not as comfortable and some of those plays that were going your way don't anymore? I don't know, but uh, I do. It's just watching it, it's sometimes hard for me to think this is a playoff team because it can just feel so crazy at times and Dylan Brooks is going off for 30 and Jaron Jackson makes eight threes and it's like, this team is going to make the playoffs. I just, I don't know. It feels like the Suns are a little more steady night to night in terms of what they are and who they are.
3: Yeah, I would certainly agree with you. They're just a little less peaks and valleys. We've so seen the Grizzlies. I think the Suns at one point, they went to Memphis in December and just boat raced the Grizzlies out of their own building. But the Grizzlies definitely improved since then. But do, I feel like, honestly, both these teams are in a position. I know we're going to hit on another team here in a few minutes that really doesn't follow that that method as far as being an aggressive buyer which is san antonio which is one of those teams i feel like that we saw last night i mean they look like they're pretty good but it's just some nights are so inconsistent but i feel like memphis and and phoenix overall brennan they could be in a good position as far as buyers at the deadline because i feel like they're both missing the same kind of stuff
4: yeah i'm curious you know memphis is in a similar situation to Um, well I guess all three of these teams are are somewhat similar in that they can kind of do both if they really wanted to San Antonio doesn't have as many pieces to sell they've really never been a trade deadline team but Memphis is similar to Phoenix in that you know a Jay Crowder or yeah I guess Jonas Valanciunas and um, Kyle Anderson are their two other vets who are parts of the rotation nightly that but those guys are on long term contracts probably not as likely to to see them move but Jake Crowder I think would would probably be a top candidate for a lot of contenders do they do they trade him and try to get a long term piece maybe do they do that in the same deal it's it's interesting and I think it's a similar kind of predicament to the ones that, to the one that the Suns are in I don't think any of these teams should go all in because they're all right here anyway you know they don't need to get a Kevin Love to make a difference for them although you know he doesn't make sense for Memphis but like they don't need a star or fringe star player to to make the playoffs they're already right there in the race
3: yeah i would certainly agree with you on that point because you see these teams are all fighting it out it could be a, a situation where high 30s could give in as the eighth seed at this point just with how muddled it is down there but before we end up and the seven burn i wanted to ask you because we wanted to hit on this this question just do you believe that the Grizzlies are better than the Suns? Or do you think it's vice versa that the Suns are better than the Grizzlies at this point? Because I know that Suns really have a small sample size here as far as their actual roster because we've seen DeAndre Miss almost three-fourths of it at this point.
4: Yeah, I think the Suns are better. I think I trust the Suns more. I think the Grizzlies will fall down to earth a little bit, and I think the the, the Suns just do have more consistent talent. Um, but the Grizzlies also have a lead here, so you know the Suns have to overcome that on top of everything else. But I do think the Suns are are better right now.
3: I'd give this slightly into the Suns too, just cause Devin Booker is a huge drum card there. Also the veteran experience, like you mentioned earlier in the show, Brian, talk about Ricky Rubio and Aaron Baines. That Sun Memphis doesn't have. They have guys like Kyle Anderson, Solomon Hill, but those guys aren't gonna win you games in April. But before we go on to our next summit here, diving in more to the Suns in a playoff race, I want to tell you guys about our sponsors of today's show. And the first one is from my bookie. Are you talking fan that knows the ball so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my is the place for you because it lets you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlay is a pert because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing, and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win than they do. And if you're tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain, mybookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, mybookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with right away. So go, to, go use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to activate the offer. Once again, it's promo code LOCKEDON to take advantage of mybookie's generous sign-up offer today. You play, you win, and you get
4: paid. All right, guys. We also talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind." So if you head to Calm.com slash LockedOnNBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership to get in the same mental fitness routine as LeBron James. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain on leaves or so much more, like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount on an annual membership. Again, that is at calm.com slash locked on NBA. So unlock content to help you focus, ease stress and sleep better over at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Again, one more time, calm.com slash locked on NBA. The second time we want to talk about here is the Spurs, as we've we've already kind of hinted at here. But coming off that loss to the Spurs, um, Evan, I think the Suns, I just we talked about the veteran kind of advantage that Phoenix has over Memphis. I think the Spurs clearly have that over the Suns. You just see what the the Spurs are able to do in the fourth quarter and you know, not to read into one game too much, but this is obviously pretty consistently held up in in the NBA. If you have two veterans, just crunch time, key situations of games, it's going to be so much easier for you. I mean, how many times did the Spurs just isolate DeRozan or Aldridge in that fourth quarter and and get a good shot out of it? Whether it was a Bryn Forbes three or those two guys getting to the line. I know San Antonio's defense has been pretty uncharacteristically bad this year, but I think it was pretty eye-opening to me just that they were able to out-execute the Suns despite being uh, you know, a little worse than they have been historically.
3: Yeah, and I think it just goes to show you, like you mentioned there as well, Brian, just having the veteran talent on your team like LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, players who don't get really fold in those clutch situations and they've been there plenty of times before you've seen guys like Derek White too even though he's a younger guy be in those situations plenty already with the, with the Spurs and this Greg Popovich too his system we talked about this last night in the recap episode just how, how the Spurs are so functionally capable of doing everything that Popovich wants them to do in such a smart manner too just being highly efficient and not making mistakes it's it's one of the reasons why I I doubted the Spurs this year I did not believe they make the playoffs and we might be wrong again this year brings, we keep down the Spurs team and they just never fall off the face of the earth that we expect them to.
4: Yeah, it, it does feel, um, I I think, you know, I, I feel like obviously a lot of people got it wrong. That's, that's undeniable. I don't think anyone had a clear consensus on the eighth seed here. So San Antonio is still being in it. I, I think that's about where we expected them to be, to be honest with you. I think how they got there is interesting considering their defense like I said, has fallen off from past years and the personnel is not really much different from last year, which is part of why it's so kind of strange. But one other thing, a couple other things, Zach Lowe, he didn't, it wasn't like a report, an official type of thing, but he did mention on his podcast when they talked about the West playoff race, this bottom of the West group here that San Antonio, he used the word aware. He said they're aware Of the stretch the streak of playoff appearances for the franchise I think you know they're not in any hurry to get out of this you know and the fact that we haven't heard DeMar DeRozan trade rumors to me backs that up that was a guy that a lot of you know analysts and and even front office insiders Bobby Marks John Hollinger they were all keyed into this is kind of a make-or-break year for the DeRozan-San Antonio partnership with him potentially. I think he has a player option this summer, and he's going to be one of the you know more starry names in free agency if he opts out. Do they want to trade him? We've really heard nothing there. So if they keep him and keep Patty Mills and move forward with this same group, I just don't see them falling off. They've actually gotten better as the season's gone along, which is another part of this that you know the Suns have not done that. So they, another advantage for them.
3: Yeah, the weird thing with the Spurs this year is, like you mentioned, just the defense has fallen off a cliff compared to years past. The Spurs team with how fen- fen- fundamentally smart they are on that end, but they're ninth in offensive rating and 23rd in defensive rating. So their offense, surprisingly, though, Brian, is producing at a, at a higher clip than these other teams in the Western Conference race.
1: Yeah, it's,
4: that, that part of it <laughs> I don't have an answer for. I mean, Patty Mills has had a good year off the bench for them better than last season back to his efficient, normal high you know just kind of shot chucking ways and didn't have an amazing game against the suns but he's had a good year and some of their younger guys i think have gotten better over the course of the season Derek white had a bad start and then you know a lot of it a lot of a lot has been written about this but aldridge started taking threes around christmas time and and that obviously you know we know the impact that can have on an offense so it's a lot of things but it is a strange season for san antonio compared to what we've always kind of thought of them as but um it seems like we're on the same page here. Do you, do you think the Spurs are better than the Suns?
3: I, I do. I give them a slight edge here, maybe even more so than a slight edge, just because they've they've held the edge so far. But it's in close games, so I think the Suns are on the right path. They're close to the Spurs as far as wins and losses go, and in as far as just one through fifty on the roster. In my opinion, I think they're a year away from really leapfrogging the Spurs team. But right now, with LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, you add in Dejounte Murray, who I think is an underrated guard in this league defensively, Derek White as well. I feel like just right now, not long-term, of course, but to get into the playoffs this year in 2020, I'd give the Spurs a lean there.
4: Yeah, and the Spurs have played one fewer game, and they're still even in the loss column with Memphis right now. They've also they've been a little more even with home and road, so they'll be basically splitting home and road games in the uh, second half of the season. The other thing I wanted to mention, let's actually save it for the second segment or the last segment here uh, talking broadly about what else could change in this playoff race. Cause I think it's an interesting number we haven't gotten to, but before we do that, wanted to tell you about the sponsor of today's show, the Arizona office of tourism spring training. So this spring follow your favorite baseball teams to the Valley of the sun for the cactus league between amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventures and incredible food. Arizona has become the perfect home base for baseball fans. Follow your favorite baseball teams across the Valley, once you're here. So that's 10 stadiums housing 15 teams. These stadiums are, are beautiful too. I, I know many of you have probably been before. This would be a repeat visit for you. But if you've never been, they've basically overhauled almost every single one of them at this point. Uh, my mom works right down the street from the Dodgers and, and Diamondbacks facility. I've been there several times. It's just gorgeous. And they're not as far apart as they used to be. They had We used to have some in Tucson and uh, all around. It's Pretty tight now, all within 50 miles of one another. So come over to whichever stadium you want, and you'll have plenty of entertainment as well between live music, bars and restaurants, and even some entertainment options like museums, hiking, uh, aquariums, even wildlife parks, and of course the must see destinations from your bucket list that are just a short drive away such as the Grand Canyon or Monument Valley. So plan your spring training getaway right now. Take advantage of all of these opportunities to see the Valley of the Sun at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. Again, visitarizona.com slash springtraining.
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
4: Okay, Evan, to get to the stat real quick that I referenced to close out our last segment, conference records for all of these teams, I think is illustrative of sort of what we were talking about, but also makes Memphis look really good. So... Memphis is 14 and 15 in the west. They've played 29 of those games and they're almost 500. I know some of those might be against the bottom of the west, but the west is better than the east. So if you're doing well in the west, you're probably doing something right. San Antonio close to 500 as well, but they've only played 23, which means they'll play a lot more late in the year. They're 10 and 13 in those games. Suns have played also 29 just like Memphis, but they are 9 and 20 against the Ooh. west. So and and Minnesota and Golden State are the only two teams worse than the Suns in the west meaning New Orleans and Sacramento who we've aren't even talking about here are actually better than the Suns just in terms of playing the western conference teams so i think that does say something you know the the better the suns have really cleaned up against bad teams this year and not done so well against good teams
3: What's well, really interesting about that stat too. I didn't know that. I'm glad you brought that up. I was—I don't know if you saw last night. I tweeted this out because I was just going through just some box scores. And I just noticed just the win losses for the Suns, and I just calculated it out, and they've had seven losses, including last night to the Spurs by three points or less. So one possession or less this year, they've lost seven games, and it's all against Western Conference opponents. So they're that close away, Brendan, from having 16 wins there instead of instead of nine. So it just feels like they're close, but it just some nights they're not finishing.
4: Yeah, and you know that explains their minus 0.5 point differential. They're basically even. You would think that would mean they'd be five hundred, right? If you're scoring the same amount of points as you're giving up, that would indicate you're gonna be around five hundred if I'm doing that math correctly. And they are not. They are far below. So only a forty two percent win rate so far this season. That's that's not not really indicative of the type of team they've been. And that, you know, I, I think that does that is just bad luck at the end of the day. But I also would say young teams probably are going to be worse in those types of moments like you know than a a san antonio for instance so you know i think it's it's explainable even if it is just unlucky i wanted to talk to uh you can take this in another direction after if we want but i do we have to talk about zion returning since it is happening when people will hear this on wednesday night against actually san antonio who we just got to see but does he change this for you? What are you expecting with Zion's debut and just the type of role and impact he'll have for a Pelicans team that's been pretty good recently?
3: Yeah, the Pelicans are 10-5 and five over the last 15 games, doing very well in the advanced metrics. I was looking at just the last 15 games total for the rest of the NBA here, and the Pelicans are doing well defensively and offensively, 113.6 offensive rating, which is eighth, and in 110 defensive rating, which is right in the middle of the NBA. But Zion Williamson... It, like we talked about in the pre draft process, when we thought there was a chance that Zion Williamson could be added next to DeAndre and Dunn Booker, that he is a transcendent franchise talent. I had him with a higher grade than Luka Doncic this time last year when I really started to get into the draft and scouting. And if Luka's doing what he's doing now, then I don't know what Zion to be doing in the next couple of years. And what he was doing in preseason action, Brent, I think it was close to like 27 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, two blocks per game. Just a monster on both ends of the court that no one could stop at age 19. And I feel like. If Zion is fully back to, to, to Duke and high school Zion that we saw and in preseason action, I, I truly do believe that he's going to be a huge boost to the Pelicans team. I do believe that they're going to be actually serious contenders for the eight two.
4: I have to agree with you, I think. You know, watching, like I said, the Grizzlies and Pelicans face off on Martin Luther King Day, I hadn't watched the Pelicans in a little while, except for, you know, odd games and, and highlights really here and there with Ingram playing so well. I was aware, but wasn't exactly knowing what was going right I think the infrastructure here is perfect for Zion to walk into I think I was really impressed with Lonzo Ball playing so well I mean Drew Holiday is as steady as they come and is going to be I think perfect for Zion in terms of the defensive end especially and Ingram just so poised at this point playing a lot like he did late in the year for the Lakers last year but he's added just unreal shooting on top of everything else so They have a lot of good players, and they all fit together really well, which, as simple as that can sound, I don't know if all of the other teams can say that. I also think with Zion, one of the things that is going to really be helpful, I know, so I'm looking now, Jackson Hayes has actually been, from the advanced stats point of view, a positive for this team. But I think, you know, Derek Favors hasn't really been available. They've been playing this Niccolo Melli guy at center quite a bit. I think Zion just limiting the amount of minutes that Hayes has to play being there with favors being so in and out of the lineup lately and not having to play these weird very very small lineups I think that'll be a kind of a ripple effect here to stabilize things for New Orleans as well even if Zion's not putting up 20 10 and 5 right away just being a a good solid player that actually is playing in the right position I think that's going to go a long way for them
3: yeah, Pelicans are three and a half games out of the eight seed right now, and then you have possibly a superstar the type of player Zion Williamson joining this week. So that could definitely change the fortunes for this what's coming playoff race. But, Brent, before we close out the show here, I just wanted to end on some buyers and sellers. We do this each time we close the show for these types of episodes to talk about this playoff race. And I'll start things off here with sellers and we'll end with buyers here. I think my sellers as far as right now in this West Conference playoff race, the, the obvious ones, Sacramento, Minnesota. I think Minnesota at this point is not going to come back. I think Carl Anthony Towns, he just returned from injury, but they're so far down at this point, so inconsistent. I don't see him coming back. So they're my top top one as far as selling off my stock. and. I also think Portland, you know, they came back and won last night against Golden State, I believe. Just the way they're playing defensively the last 15 games, unsustainable. 116 points allowed for 100 possessions, worse than the NBA over that stretch. Damian Lillard doesn't have enough help on his team still, shockingly enough. And just the offense is average. Scored 61
4: and barely beat the Warriors in overtime.
3: Yeah, exactly. 61, you barely beat the worst team in the NBA, and it, it, I don't know what else the Blazers can do at this point. I don't know if you're going to blow it up this time next year, but it just feels like the Blazers are hitting neutral consistently each time now. think Anthony wasn't going to do that for you. So I, I think Minnesota, and then definitely Portland. And Portland's only uh, two games out of the, the eighth seed right now, and, and ahead of Phoenix actually tied in the, in the win-loss column. Actually, the, the Blazers have one more win than the Suns, but. I do believe that Portland is one of those teams that is really flawed. They're helped by a superstar, Damian Lillard, and I think they're going to taper off a little bit unless they make a win-down move.
4: So these are teams that we are buying or selling, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah. So I would actually, you know, not in terms of falling out of the race completely, but just to finish up my Memphis thoughts, I think I would sell on them in the next few weeks. I think we will see them start to come back down to earth. They're starting to they, – they'll play a lot more um, – Western Conference teams on the road upcoming, you know, in in January and February, that'll be pretty tough for them. I have to agree with you on Portland. I mean, I've been lower than them all year compared to you. Um, and then, you know, obviously we just spent a lot of time talking about the Pelicans. I do think they'll get better. I think Minnesota, I'm interested to see what happens there. I actually wouldn't be so quick to say they'll get worse because it seems like the, the rumblings is that <clears throat> the Jeff Teague trade they made is just the start for them. So I don't know if that means more selling or more buying in the trade market, but uh, they do seem to still be interested in D'Angelo Russell. So I'm curious there. I don't think they're a playoff suitor this year. I just think they're too far away. They're five games back in the lost column for Memphis, and they've just been playing really badly for quite a long time now. So we'll have to watch them, but maybe not in terms of the playoffs. So that's it. I mean, I think Memphis gets a little worse, but six around because they have a lead built in already. I think the Suns continue to play pretty solid you know slightly above 500 basketball so i wouldn't you know i would actually say I'm, I'm buying on the suns a little bit and selling on portland and and uh yeah just portland i guess and, and memphis
3: yeah I, for my buyers here i would actually include the suns too at 18 25 just with the way deandre's turned the corner the last few games that sustains the rest of the season that changes a lot for the suns team as far as making it into the playoff push but you need Baines to I, stay healthy Exactly. Aaron Baines, too. Cam Johnson, especially with just the shooting, the lack of shooting they have on this team still around Devin Booker. But I think another team that we already hinted on a little bit as far as being a big buyer on is the Pelicans. You have Zion Williamson returning. Brandon Ingram is playing at an all-star level. He's taken the leap this year. I think New Orleans is really positioned well to leapfrog some of these teams and make it into that eight spot. San Antonio, too, is a team we should not count out. I think they're going to be right there with the Phoenix and New Orleans for the rest of the way and Memphis.
4: Yeah, it seems, like, I w- it's, it's, it seems like it's Memphis, San Antonio, Phoenix, and, and New Orleans. Is that, does that feel fair to you? That'll be the four yeah. that – it's going to be one of those four to me.
3: It feels like it's a race, yeah, a four-team race for that one spot right now. and. It seems like I don't know where I lean at this point, Brian. I just say it feels like the, I think the next five games for the Suns team, I'm buying the stock on the Suns right now. But the next week, that could really change. I could be selling all of it back because they have the Pacers, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Thunder. I think if you want to be a legitimate playoff contender throughout this stretch, I think you have to go at least three and two there.
4: Yeah, huge games upcoming. Again, the Thunder game, not quite as big as we once thought it might be because they have just an insurmountable lead for that seven seed, I think, at this point. But huge games against Memphis and uh, San Antonio on the road here this weekend. So that'll, I think, I think, you know, getting the full game jump from those matchups between the two teams, that'll, you know, we could just be looking at a drastically different standings by, you know, this time next week.
3: Yeah, it's going to be fun. This playoff race, luckily enough for us, the Suns are still in compared to years past where we would talk talking about the draft. We're pretty knee-deep at this point at this time last year. But I appreciate everyone listening in on today's podcast of Locked on Suns. We'll be back to you guys tomorrow for next episode.
2: My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through
3: Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next
2: generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends.